Powers Log. Act 1. Who am I? Part 1. So there's been a new development that I'm not celebrating as much accepting to be a part of my life. It involves the inevitable loss of the ability for me to express a message that I've been trying to get out for almost a decade now. But the theme is abstract, infinite, and subjective, which makes finding a starting point difficult. But they say life's about being happy as an old person, and while I don't expect to grow old or to be able to portray this message in a way that's satisfactory, knowing that I tried may grant me some sort of peace. For quite some time I've used various forms of art to describe this to others. I found in creating these projects that I can't communicate this message through them directly. I don't think that any one person can be successful enough as an artist to convey all of this properly. It can't be described all at once, only bit by bit forming a collage that everyone sees in a different way. Another issue I have with art is that it can't change the world on its own. A painting can't debate social issues and a song can't build a school, but they can inspire others to. I suppose I can begin to talk about why I started recording. As I said, there's been a new development. However, in order for you to understand this new development, you have to know how things have been leading up to now. I'll begin by saying that the texture of every surface that I look at is covered in countless eyes and faces. The eye of one face can be the nose or mouth of another, and everyday objects will line up in such a way that the space between them will create an eye. There's a part of me that's sure all the eyes come from the same source, and I feel these faces are not them in their complete form, as if there's more to them than what I can see. I'm almost certain they can read my thoughts, but their presence is fine with me. I hesitated to trust them for fear of deception, misunderstanding on my part, or loss of my sanity. However, since I've started seeing them, I've felt an overwhelming sense of oneness with the universe. An epiphany-type sensation that never stops. Instead of a sudden realization, it's more of a constant accumulation of knowledge that weaves together into a puzzle that builds, interprets, and solves itself at once. There's an awareness that things have happened and are happening simply to impact me in the moment to sway my actions that will impact the actions of others in the future. With this is an understanding that this is me, an animal, an ecosystem, surviving the way my instincts direct me, my being within a complex network of independent systems that form into a body accumulating what it calls knowledge, knowledge that results in words and pictures. If I didn't care about this message and recording, it would be something else that I cared about that revolved around words and pictures. So I'll continue to do my part, unable to do anything else, because it seems I never took the time to figure out who I was before these thoughts took hold of me, and now I don't have a base to go back to. At first I thought I was special or chosen but the eyes have shown me that there are others getting this message out and opening the door for more to as well. You can see their work around. Sometimes people don't know they're spreading a message, which brings me to what I call communing. It sounds crazy. The subject matter alone has a stigma. You can't even kid about it in a fictional way without being seen as insane. The abstract nature also makes it difficult to discuss. Now, there's a line where you're attempting to take advantage of the universe, and while these signals can help you to see the beauty and coincidence, heed my warning. Do not get too comfortable and begin expecting things. Because of the subjective nature of these signals, we, as a society, will never be able to agree on what any one signal means. We have to interpret them on an individual level. It starts with giving something in our life a meaning. I've found that each signal has multiple meanings, and no single aspect will explain the signal in its entirety. The only way to see if you're correct is through trial and error. It's important to assess the outcome of the situation later to determine how correct you were in interpreting the signal. Another thing. Writing things down to cement them takes away the meaning, 
Interpretation should ebb and flow rather than mean the same thing every time. Everything in existence can be communed with. People say things that answer questions I've been having that have nothing to do with the conversation at hand. Eyes I've seen and textures I've seen in people when we interact. It's as if I'm talking to the eyes themselves. As far as objects and actions throughout time, it seems that everything about everything is a signal. I feel as if I'm waiting for a repetitive sound, like a leaky faucet with inconsistent drips, and I'm intently waiting for the next one. Everything that surrounds me has aspects like this. Going back to the leaky faucet, timing and intonation can be interpreted to the point it's like Morse code, and sometimes the timing can revolve around interrupting your thought process. I also commune using myself, with thoughts such as everyone is one broken into many, and paying attention to the thought sequence inside my brain, how it goes something, something, something. I become aware of the somethings, and notice the hang time between them, and try to stay there. And this is when I receive signals. Another thing I've been experiencing is I hear voices and static or papers rustling, doors creaking, sometimes whole sentences at once in that one second that the sound is happening. Sometimes there is no sound at all and I just hear a voice. And communing is different than voices. The voices use words that sound different than my normal thinking voice, while communing uses signals. Now that you know how things have been for me, I can more comfortably state that the reason I began recording is because I'm accepting that these eyes and voices and signals influence me. And that rather than going away, it seems these voices are increasing exponentially as the days go on. And I fear that soon, they'll overcome my thoughts completely. There are times when I can't tell if I appease the eyes or whatever force is guiding me. At first I thought I had OCD. Like I couldn't go to the bathroom because I would be on my way there and get a signal not to go and then turn around and get a signal to go again. I didn't know which to listen to. I know it's my brain creating these words and putting these signals together, but they say such meaningful things. Being aware of these influences has caused me to thoroughly examine my thought process as often as my brain allows. They seem to follow what I call the ABCD pattern. These letters represent groupings of thoughts. Group A is the initial thought, a realization or considering of possibilities. Group A is followed by group B, which is an examination of A. What caused this thought? Where is it going? After asking a few questions in group B, I move to group C, which is how do I improve group B? Am I asking the right questions? What value will come from these questions? And from group C, I move on to group D, which goes to deeper questions such as, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Why do I exist? Act 1. is that my heart has been beating non-rhythmically. It's been skipping beats and catching back up with itself, quivering. There are times when it feels like fingers are tickling the inside of my chest, and that's followed by a tick or a tap, and I see dozens of dots rapidly moving around my vision, and I feel like I'm about to faint. This is different than the blood pumping in my eyes that I see with every heartbeat. Things like this have made it so I'm afraid to sleep, because I'm not sure if I'll wake up. Another reason I've been afraid to sleep is because I've been having sleep paralysis almost every night. As I lay there, watching the mesh of faces weave together beneath my eyelids, I can feel it coming, like I'm about to lose control over my body. And what I've been doing to wake myself up isn't working. I just lay there trying to wiggle my toes or lift my head or scream or anything. 
I can see and hear entities, and they tell me to do things, like they tell me to commit suicide. And there are times I get so scared that I wake up from the dream rather than fainting. The reason I've referenced fainting twice is because it's been happening more and more often lately. It starts when my arm goes numb and my fingers begin to tingle, and then I can only focus on a small portion of what my vision has to offer, like a dime-sized circle as opposed to the full picture. And then the numbness in my arm spreads throughout my whole body, and I sometimes can hear my head hitting the ground, and I wake up without knowing I've been asleep. Usually I'll have ringing in my ears. There are times I get like a scuff on my face or a bruise from falling. And all this is fine, but after it happening so many times, I've just noticed that I look more weary when I see my reflection. There are times when things make total sense in my head, but I know it's gibberish. It's as if I'm making points I can't express. I don't know how much of it is my brain going haywire associating things. I can't control it when it happens, but it's as if I'm stuck in group A, unable to get to group B. I can give an example. We can take something from this morning. The diameter of a kiwi is between air pressure release valves, and that's because I sliced open a muffin earlier. Sometimes there's no sentence structure at all, and it seems like a succession of random words. Signals I get while communing are similar to this, so I don't take these thoughts for granted. I'm glad I took this moment of clear-headedness to record. I know this sounds like psychobabble, but these are thoughts I've had in my head for years. When I have conversations, it's as if everyone knows everything that I have to say. Not as separates. As individuals, we're a part of something greater than any of us can understand. We talk about one subject, but what we're saying isn't the true conversation. We're just acting out our part, doing as much as our minds and bodies can. People have suggested that I talk to a professional, but I worry they may ruin my reputation and take away all meaning from this message. I have an opportunity to use my verifiable sanity to discuss subjects that I want to discuss. I won't see a therapist, and it's not the eyes telling me not to go. They could stop me from making this, or they could have stopped me from starting at all. May it be known that I will not be the one that ends my life, at least not purposefully. I have almost died before. I know the feeling of absorbing into the light and choosing not to stay. I trust the eyes to know what benefits the whole, and what benefits the whole benefits me. Or perhaps I am crazy, and then maybe this can be used as study material. I'm just hoping this doesn't go to waste. Act 2 Why am I doing this? There's something about sitting in a familiar room, comfortably talking into a recorder rather than to anyone in particular. I can't imagine everyone has had it this easy spreading the message. People have had it so much worse in the past, which is why it's easy for us now. Same goes for our generation in the future. I often wonder how many stories from history have been modified or erased. All the people we'll know nothing about that have no chance to influence us with their knowledge. I've thought a lot about influence, and in my opinion every move we make can be traced back to something sociological, biological, psychological, or philosophical. Starting with sociological factors, our birthplace and time are dependent on our parents. This is important because our place of birth determines our genetics, and our place in history determines the knowledge that's available to us. Our biology determines our ability to accomplish certain tasks and understand various forms of knowledge, as our anatomy is determined by genetics. Experiences from childhood affect us later in life psychologically. Same goes for the future with today. 
Our personal philosophical views impact future generations, assuming we reproduce or create work that inspires action. Sometimes I wonder how much dogma is other people's interpretations communing with the universe or voices they hear. How many have died under duress to sacrifice themselves for someone else's philosophical views? Things like this make me glad I'm so fortunate to sit in a room, talking to a recorder with an audience of a thousand thousand eyes, working on something that matters to me. Thinking of how hard others have it, how much worse it could be, I want to use my opportunity to help others make the world a happier place in as many situations as possible. Psychologically, if we see the universe as good, then it will be. We have to look for moments for the universe to show us how awesome the world can be. And we shouldn't become unhappy at the thought of the inevitable return back to baseline emotion when something great happens. Nor should we feel as if we're in the wrong for having good things happen to us. Just accept the gifts and great moments and say it's a good day to be me. This sentiment is most likely lost on people who are falsely accused or martyring themselves for someone else's philosophical views. Things have gotten a bit dry. I worry I may not be expressing this message properly. But there's no other medium for me to get this out. I've tried music, but it's not direct enough and too dependent on genre for the proper audience to experience the message. And when I write, my hand doesn't move fast enough and it's unclear whether or not it's even helping anymore. I usually wind up with a page full of questions overlapping each other in a way that seems as if they're screaming. Things such as, why words? Won't you save me? What is the point? Who cares? Any picture I try to draw morphs and pulses with eyes as I stare at the paper, and when I try to talk to people about this, they only seem to care about the subject matter rather than the words for what they are. It's always, yeah, yeah, love, or understanding. But do they know? Do they care? I can only say so many things. There's no way for me to get it all out. It requires more people's effort. A collective movement to find... To find what? A way to maintain a state of being above equilibrium? Now we're talking about isolated happiness versus solace. We can't stay at our highest point forever. And what is there besides sex, achievement, and drugs? Is there any more to search for than a chemical in our brain? Are we forever in pursuit of the next rush? Are we trying to find a reason to come together as one and work for the common good? What is there to do besides searching for the next high? What does it mean as a society to just be? Is it that we're trying to figure out how to improve the universe and ourselves as much as possible? These discussions seem to digress into something discriminatory, like eugenics or social construct arguments. We need an overall goal to continuously acclimate to the times. However, we need to know a better way to seek it. And while it may seem like we don't know what that goal is yet, if we, as a society, have a thought in Group A, realize we're having it and assess it in Group B, find out how to improve our assessment in Group C, we can rest easy knowing that the answer to every existential question in Group D will be to improve humanity. As to how to do that, people will always be tribalistic. Everyone thinks they're on the right side of history. We'll always need to be led, and the main goal of the tribe could be changed or lost. We need to trust our leaders. It's genetic. We're in a situation where we must go without fear, knowing we share common interests with those in charge of the use of our knowledge and resources. It's scary to think that history shows such vast amounts of corruption. This recording can't take back the past, and it's not going to change humanity. It is a work of art, after all. People will interpret my words in ways I have no control over, and I respect this. I want people to disagree with me. Not everyone should be the same. There needs to be differing viewpoints in order for there to be progress. If I knew a better way, I would take it. But I can't get people to disagree because they don't listen. And if they do listen, then they don't understand. And if they do understand, then they think I'm crazy. And if they don't think I'm crazy, then everyone will be as they are anyway because there's nothing to change about humanity. Everything will be the same no matter where I go. There will always be bad people. People who get happiness from taking it away from others. People who take advantage of those in need. People who only care about their own happiness. We also can't change every moment. Accidents happen and everyone gets angry. 
There's a generational cycle that historians seem to agree on. There are a few different models. I call this one peace problem revolution. A generation of peace is followed by a generation that sees flaws in the current system and acts to enable new values. This causes a generation that knows mostly war and change, which leads to a generation of much desired peace again. There's nothing that can be changed about humanity's future without a worldwide, multi-generational, collective effort to try and end this cycle, to study and overcome our own nature and stay at peace. We, as humans, have to accept that there are no correct philosophical viewpoints, and everyone knows it. Acceptance is the only way to move forward. We must also accept that our generation may not see results of any long-term plans to make the world as great as it can be, because there will always be room for improvement. Regardless of our place in history or our geographic location, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. We have an opportunity to become giants ourselves for others to stand on our shoulders. These musings have a bit of a roundabout nature in that there is no apparent end to these thoughts because there's nothing to study besides what we already have. We can't plan for the unknown, only keep acquiring more of it and turning it into usable knowledge. I hope the right person hears this. And if you are hearing this, we are one being. I am me, and you are you right now, but we are one being accomplishing the same thing. We must do our part using our individual strengths to spread this message that we, as one and as separates, seek to understand. May your efforts inspire action, and your curiosity be granted any knowledge you wish to obtain. Concluding a persistent message across my work, I say, what is destiny but a plateau? I can't tell what's good and what isn't because it changes with time. Everything is all perfectly in place for everyone. I'm operating at my maximum capacity to get this message out. All of my and everyone before and after me's experiences are for this. Every moment, everything has experienced in the name of this. I apologize, I could have, but didn't do more. I'm trying to decide where to go from here. I know I can't escape the eyes, and the voices are only going to get worse. I accept the pressures of the four influences will always be in control of me. Hopefully new surroundings will improve my state enough to find my way back on track. I've exhausted all my other options. Everything is for this, and this could be anything. If not this recording, it would be something else. I can only make words to make more words. My headspace will never be back to what I once considered normal. There are moments that give me glimpses of how it was before these thoughts consumed me, but I'm unable to retrace thoughts to a time when I was what I know as myself rather than this being that's seeking questions purely to find more questions. I said I was worried about ruining my reputation earlier, but in truth I have no reputation to ruin. It got to the point I couldn't concentrate at work and others weren't understanding or even trying to understand me. They just took my words and made me out to be someone who needs medication. I accepted that my best option was to become a vagrant, and here I am, unemployed and alone in this utility tunnel that I've made my temporary home. And all this is fine with me because I consider my efforts towards spreading this message to be my true work, and with my heart in the condition it's in, I know it's all going to end soon and I can finally be free of these voices that make me question if any of this is even real. <laughs>